Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Hello, right, y'all. Welcome to uh, episode number 62 of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. We appreciate you guys uh, checking in. Keep in mind, if you'd like to be an official sponsor of The Greatest Story Never Told, all you need to do is make a uh, donation to one of the three local Fisher Houses here in the Pacific Northwest. Now, if you go to uh, fisherhouse.org, you can make a donation, but that donation will be made on a national level. We would prefer that you make that donation to the three local Fisher Houses in the area. By the way, Men's Room Original Red, anytime you pick that up, portion of the proceeds go to our friends at the Fisher House, Uli Sausage, Mm -hmm. all these things. And uh, I guess... As the radio station has made it 50 years uh, in Seattle, which is, to be honest with you, a testament to any radio station. There are not, uh, I mean, across the country, there are not a lot of radio stations that 50 years later are the same format or even the same call letters uh, when they launch. Matter of fact, that's half the reason we'll get fired or move someplace else. You get on a radio station for a while and they decide, you know what, the format's just not viable anymore. It's not making any money. How'd you lose your last gig? I lost my last gig. Uh, this is a good story. So I, I kind of knew that I was going to lose my job. Uh, I had the, There's just this feeling you get. You it's know what I mean? Weird, when, when, you ever walk into a room and a group of people have been talking about you? And even though you did not hear anything they said, nor were you aware they were talking about you, when you walk in, there's just this weird sixth sense that I have very recently been – an uneasy topic for everyone. Right. It's kind of the, that's the way management kind of gets if you know like your numbers coming up. Sure, sure. Uh, so the guy that I was working with at the time, his goal was to have his own morning show with nobody else. He didn't want any sidekicks. He didn't want anything. I knew this about this guy anyway. So I was kind of and looking. And he sucked. Yeah, he was terrible. He was horrible. In fact, when they said I was going to work with, so when they put Miles and I together, the guy I was picturing, I had Miles mixed up with this other guy, whose name I will not mention. But they kept saying, you're really going to like this guy. And I'm like, man, I've never met him, but I know I'm not going to lie. I was so glad when you walked into the bar because I totally thought it was that bald, pasty son of a bitch you yeah. were working with. Yeah. So when I saw Miles, I'm like, oh, thank God. It's not that. I, oh, sorry. It's not that jackass who I, so who I was I, thinking. I kind of, I've been, I'd, I'd kind of been looking for a gig uh, in, in the meantime. And I'd made some connections, but I, nothing in concrete like everything else. So I asked the boss like a month out of my – and the boss is a buddy of mine. It's like, hey, man, what? Just, just give me the straight up. Like I've got two kids. They're young kids. One's got some medical challenges. I've got some stuff I need to work on. This time I'm going through a divorce. Right. You know, like let me know what's going on because my job is, is very vital. He's like, no, 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 no problem, no problem. So one day, it's like a Monday or whatever, I go into work. We do our regular show at the end of the show. The boss says he needs to talk to us. Now, the way that the office worked at this particular uh, facility was the studios and programming departments where you make your commercials and everything else, that was on the bottom floor. The sales office was on the top floor. So if you were to go and have an appointment with uh, somebody at the radio station, you probably would never see the bottom floor unless you took a tour. Right. And a lot of people wanted to do that, but not the biggest deal. The top floor had the lobby. That's where you go and pick up your tickets and your prizes and all that crap and, you know, whatever. Well, you didn't you didn't go up there in the morning. You didn't go upstairs. You know what I mean? You just went right downstairs because that was the first stop in the elevator. And you went in and you do your thing. So at the end of the show, we go in and they fire us one at a time. Okay, so then they tell us that we need to get our belongings and get out of the building in a half an hour or so. It's one thing about radio. Like, if it flips formats, so if we went from rock to country, 
it's not like this gradual thing. Like anything you do in life that's a major thing, typically it's more of a gradual right. approach. Like if you said, hey, we're going to move. Like, Mike, you moved recently. We knew you were looking six months out. We knew you got the place maybe six weeks out. And then you gave us a target date. And then you moved. And radio, it's like, we're moving at 8 right. o'clock tonight. So, and th- that's it. That's it. And man. not only that, but the person that's supposed to be on uh, after us is not there. And that's very unusual. Ooh. Because that person normally would come in and say, 30, 9 o'clock to do their midday show, typically prepare their music and get everything ready to go. They're not there. And then you look at 10 o'clock and you realize that the computer that you are running is basically logging off at 10 o'clock. And that doesn't happen. You have more music you're going to play. Where's sure. my Steve Miller? Jet Airliner? Cry me. <laughs> if I don't hear Blackwater from the Doobies one more time, I might die. Oh, Blackwater. It's not there. So we're like, oh, God, here we go. So we, we already know. We know this is going down. So we go in the office. They tell us exactly what we know. We walk out of the office, and who are there? But uh, four of Baltimore City's finest. Oh, you got a police escort out. Oh, sure. I don't know exactly what had ever happened there. Obviously, something that dictated that this was a necessary thing to do. But it was still awfully weird, like, because I kept talking to the guy. I was like, what do they think we're going to do? He's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> right. you know, like, he's like, we're just here. You know, they, they, they told us to come get your ass out of the building. So I pretty well get my stuff together by 15 minutes. And I said, sir. And then I asked my boss, like, is it okay if I just go upstairs and say some goodbyes? I realize it's not a personal thing, but I have friends upstairs. Sure, of course. People that I've worked with in promotions and sales and the, everyone from the lady at the front desk to, you know what I mean, the, the traffic guy. There's just a bunch of people I want to say goodbye to. Real quick, just, just tell them goodbye. So I go up the steps and I walk into the office and I walk in to the biggest party <laughs> that you have ever seen. There is a catered lunch. There is a small jazz ensemble that is setting up in the corner where there's like a little tiny performance type of little ledge. Right. That every once in a while, someone would come in and play an acoustic sex. We really didn't have a kind of setup. That was where they played. They're setting up the band. I look over. There's, there's steamed shrimp. Oh, there's cheese trays, there's meat trays, there's delicious things for sandwiches. There are mini crab cakes, little crab balls. I mean, this is a typical Baltimore style sure. throwdown. You know, there's there's champagne. I look up and there is a new logo, <laughs> a new sign that's right. neon with a neon blue saxophone. Did you ever have a neon sign for your station? Or did you just have, like, the vinyl uh, band? No, no. I mean, we did in the lobby. They had something. Okay. That. Probably wasn't that nice. But it said Smooth Jazz 104.3. And the wall was covered with Kenny G. All right. We all know Kenny from yeah. Mercer Island. Sure, right? sure. He was, the, he was the main guy. He was the first guy up there. Like He's the face he's of the, Smooth Jazz. Him yeah. and John Tesh He's like the are Eagles, the, the ACDC, the Rolling Stones. The ACDC of Smooth Jazz. His, his, but he his, is. He, he is. honestly is. All right. The next was John Tesh. Good call. John Tesh is like the Brian Adams of, <laughs> of Smooth Jazz. And sadly, he, he is. is. He right? really honestly yeah, is. Somewhere between Journey and that. Speaking of Journey, those Jonathan Kane was up there and a couple other people did Smooth Jazz, right? So I look up and realize that I'm losing my job because Kenny G's silhouette is playing a saxophone on the wall now. Right. They are throwing a huge party. I go around and give everybody a hug because they're launching a new format. So they've got new sales brochures. Sure, sure. Videos they're going to show their staff on this is the new station. Get excited, which is very difficult to do when you're launching a smooth jazz format, by the, the way. The easy way to explain smooth jazz is if you don't know. Picture jazz musicians, all right? Picture you're like at a jazz joint. 
Now make everyone white, and you are done. Yeah. Right? That's basically smooth jazz. Right. So I'm my job's over. I'm like, I am screwed. Like, this is not a good thing. So I pack up my stuff in uh, in a box, and I think that I was just I was it was just one of those things where I was just like, I needed a break. So I'm pretty sure I drove to my Coke dealer. I've got a big bag of cocaine. Phil! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drove, exactly. Went over to see <laughs> Phil, which is never a safe journey, by the way, where he lived. Good God, man. I mean, it know. was it was always weird. It, it was even when you pulled up to his house. I mean, look, I'm not a cop or a detective, but I remember the first time Miles and I went over there together. I'm like, this dude's house looks like a Coke dealer's house. I you mean, know what? Like, okay. This is what it looks like. If there are seven houses, in this case, there are mm, 40 houses that are row houses on this one street that go down to a dead end street. If you wanted, all you need to know is Phil's house is the one with a door that's always open. Mm -hmm. Now, it could be three o'clock in the morning and you can drive by there and the TV would be on and the door would be open. <laughs> the door is always open. The screen, you could walk in, bang, Phil's laying on the couch, Phil's awake. Phil, the door's always open. That's all you need to know. It's one of those places. So I'll go over there, get some Coke, go to a bar. Keep in mind, it's 11. <laughs> right. It's 11, 15 a.m. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, God, what am I going to do? I'm divorced. I just lost my job. I lost my kids. Right. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm that guy getting hammered. Problem is I'm like 31. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know I mean? So it's not like I'm just like some old guy. Like, it's over. I'm just like, what in the hell am I going to do? So I uh, applied for a couple more jobs, got a couple offers, uh, and then uh, I got a call from uh, Bill Pasha, mm -hmm. who's the guy that put Steve and I together. Uh, and he kind of flanagled away for me to get on the air that night, uh, a couple nights later, get in the door. So the hurricane? Yeah. So I was basically working through a hurricane. It was one of those deals where um, Bill's like, look, here's, here's what I want to do. Within the next two or three weeks, I want to get you in studio. We're going to figure out what your non-compete is from your last job. And we're going to put you on the air. But if you know anything about CBS Baltimore at that time, and any other radio station for that matter, you could call 10 people. No one's going to come into work. There's, there's always some BS excuse. That's how I got, so, my, that's so, how I got my shot on so, the air. So, like, uh, and I'm not making myself. Yeah. The other people there, people on air, on air, were so lazy and so willing to just give up a shift. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, hey, man, who's never been on the air before? Right. Uh, you, want, you, you want to give it a go? And it's like. Well, yeah. And they're like, yeah, okay. It's yours. So I'm, Seriously, I'm, man. I'm, it was I'm, that easy. I'm like painting my house, getting ready to sell because I know I'm going to move out and all that crap. So, you know, I'm still cohabitating on a couch and all that. But I'm still in my house. I'm doing all these projects because I'm just trying to touch it up. So when this thing goes on the market, if we split the difference, hopefully we'll, we can walk away and each have us have some cash. So uh, the next morning. Now, Bill's not going to call me for two to three weeks. The right. next morning, Bill calls me and goes, hey, man, you know there's a hurricane coming in. I was like, yeah, Bill, actually, I kind of prepared for it, moved some stuff inside from outside, all that stuff. He's like, I need you to come in and work the overnight tomorrow night. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You can't find anybody? He's like, I can't find anybody, man. Just come in and work the overnight. He's like, no one will care. So I went in and worked the overnight. That was the night that you and Ted were doing your stick routine. Not me and Ted. Ted climbs on the roof. This is a hurricane, all right? So aside from the rain, it's the wind dictates that it's a hurricane, all right? So that means at this point, the wind is at least 74 miles an hour. Because if it's not 74, it's not a hurricane. It's a windstorm. 74 miles an hour. Ted's like 320 at the time. He figures, I can't blow away. And he didn't. But he climbs up on his roof with a stick to see if it was honestly as windy as they said. He comes back down about 10 minutes later. He's like, it's as windy as they said. We're like, no yeah. one expected you to do this, dummy. Side Ted note. Side note. I'm kind of wigged out because, again, I normally am the person who monitors my daughter's 
medical devices and crap like that overnight when she's sleeping, and I'm the one who has the monitors and all that crap going. So I was a little bit leery about it, but I was more leery because the time before this, and keep in mind, this was the hurricane that was prior to this this hurricane. Not only, uh, God, I can go back to the one before that, my basement completely flooded. Mm-hmm. That was where my sump pump wouldn't work. The next hurricane, so I'm getting up at 3.30 in the morning to do that morning show I got fired from, and an oak tree blows across my driveway <laughs> three feet away from my garage door where my car is parked inside. Right. So I am out there with a chainsaw. Trust me. Neighbors love me. <laughs> at 3.30, try, and you don't know how much a tree weighs. Like I figure I could cut it in like a four-foot section. Right. No, 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 no. You can't budge that damn no. thing, man. So I'm out there till like 4.15 chopping down a tree the time before. So this time around, I'm wondering, okay, what's it going to be this time? You know what I mean? Fortunately, I was okay when I got home, but that night I used a different name on the air every break so that – that was Bill's suggestion yeah. – so that nobody would know who I was. Non-compete, you see. So I was just writing down different names every time. You know, like Stormy Daniels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All this weird crap just to be somebody completely different. But then eventually uh, Bill put us together, and I didn't go to Kansas City or wherever the hell I had a dumb offer for – yeah, he told me it was Kansas City. But it's weird out war. I was getting unhappy with the show. I was they put the two guys I worked with, they worked very hard. And I learned a lot from them as far as your diligence about just do your work, as Russell Wilson would say, you know, the separations and the preparation. These guys live that. The problem was their preparation is unlike anyone I've worked with. Their separation was non existent. They were the they were so dry. Right. They were so born. They were awful, man. And Ted's on the show with me, man, and we're both just like this sucks. And I kept going to the bosses about it. So the first bone the bosses threw me, it was a four-hour sports show, and I pissed them off. Well, then they moved it to a five-hour sports show. And I don't have a problem with that. My problem was the two guys I was working with, not as people, but that's a long time to talk to people that are remarkably boring. So they gave me the middle hour. Right? So we went two hours of sports, and then we finished with two hours of sports. But the hour in between, they threw me a bone and called it the 8 o'clock free-for-all or 7 o'clock free-for-all. Where me and Ted and this guy named Sis, we'd just talk about whatever the hell we wanted to talk about, which is not much different than the men's room now. You know? It was a little more out of control than the show because we weren't good. But they let us talk about what we want. And that was the only time we ever got phone calls. That's the only time anyone wanted to interact. So then I moved forward, and I'm like, look, you've got to get me off of this show. And I remember the boss that was not passionate said, well, what would happen to that show if you're not on it? I said, if that's the question you're asking yourself, you understand why I don't want to be on the show. This is not my problem. That's their problem. So I didn't realize this, but Miles has now lost his gig. I'm unaware of this. But Pasha, Pasha's like the puppet master. But Pasha has to wait out the non-compete clause. So to make me happy for a little while, they gave me the 11 to 3, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. shift on the a.m. station, which if you did not have braces, you probably couldn't pick up the signal. But we had Jim Rome there. So the thing was, Jim Rome, I want to say his ratings came in. And I thought his ratings sucked for someone who's nationally syndicated. So I said, look, if I can't beat his ratings, then I shouldn't be in radio. Like, I will live and die by what I do. I got no problem with that. If I can't beat his ratings, kick my ass off there. Don't ever let me go on the air again. I said, okay, you cocky mother. But dusted his ass. Thank you to this day. Jim Rome's radio show is so bad, I still have to thank him for giving me the shot. But they never mentioned. What I realized later was this. Bill Passion put me this other guy, guy named Bill, and he, I did not realize they put this guy Bill there as a placeholder because Pasha just wanted me and Miles to work together. But he never told either of us 
this particular plan that he had in motion. Mm. So even though I was getting a little cranky about everything and all this, the day finally came where they cut this other guy, Bill, loose, and th- that was their whole plan. Miles does not compete, runs out. Pasha says, hey, the two of you meet. We bonded over weed. The rest is history. I'll tell you this one little side note, which is kind of ironic right now. Not, not that I would have left and taken a job at Kansas City, but I did contemplate the offer that they had sent me because it was more money than I was making doing that morning show, and it was afternoon drive at a, at a classic rock station in Kansas City called The Fox. And the deal was was that I would do afternoon drive, and I would also be a co-host on the Kansas City Chiefs radio network and do the sports uh, because I was I, at that point in time I was also working with the Ravens, right, right, all that other stuff. And we had just at that point in time, oh God got Elvis Gerback from the Kansas City Chiefs to come to the Baltimore Ravens, which yeah. I wasn't so sure about because I hated the Chiefs. I didn't like Elvis Gerback. Nobody and the likes team Elvis sucked. Gerback. So it wasn't that I didn't want to stay in Baltimore. But one of the things that I really weighed and thought of at the time is I don't want to have to go to Kansas City and cover this ass team. <laughs> right. And now, Because at the time, they were garbage. And now, like, I don't want to just, like, I can't. I, I don't want to cover them. They suck. I hate them. You know what I mean? They're the AFC and they suck. And now... You know, you could have been the guy. 18 years later, me and Patrick Mahomes are. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got a team. Back then, they were terrible. They really were. So it's like, the hell that? I'm going there. Mike almost <laughs> took a job. It, it was in Massachusetts, but not Boston, because I thought I was going to lose my job at one point. And not for anything I did, just the rearrangement of corporate, whatever. And it was, man, I can't remember the. It was, oh, man. It was like a relay station that came out of Boston, but essentially. You're living on an island of about 5,000 people with a lighthouse, to put it in perspective. And they offered me the job, and I really mm-hmm. thought about it because I didn't think I'd ever be on the air. I didn't think anything good was ever going to happen. And I'm like, you know what? The hell with it. I'm just going to live my solitary life because me being away from people is good, mostly for people, <laughs> but also me. That's what I'm going to do. And now here we are in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Go freaking figure. Radio's yeah. a weird thing. And yeah, But the point being, uh, the station here celebrates its 50th year. And that sounds like a long time. And then Miles and I did the math, and we said, man, we've been here for 30% of that. Right. Oh, we're, man. Think Which about is a that, weird. It's crazy. Not only that, but we're both over 50 years old. I know. So it's like not only are we older than this damn thing, which sounds weird. <laughs> like, we're starting out playing the Beatles. <laughs> right. You know, like, you know, we're not that damn old. We're not you that know. old. We were born then. But, you know, well, we're older we're, than the station. Right, exactly. And then, we've been here a long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did so, the math, and I believe uh, Castle has been here longer than us by like a year, year and a half. I think uh, Hair Club Dave is Hair the Club, longest. He's the longest tenured employee maybe ever. Yeah, it's been like ever, 20 years. Ever. And uh, I can't think of, and of course, BJ. He got and here like a month after us. That's the only reason we started on KISW. Well, no, he was um, at the buzz. He was at the buzz. buzz. But as far as KISW, we started in November. He started in December. So it's like we won the race, but maybe it's a photo finish. But we still got here okay. like three weeks uh, ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's us. That's <laughs> it. That's it. 50 years. Oh, we got a lot of uh, great stuff planned. We'll, we'll do one more of these before then. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Episode uh, number 62. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man. A Double Flush production.